And with that, I welcome you into Coach's Corner. My name is Lucas Kochevar, as always. A little bit loud there, my bad. And I'm back with the new Coach's Corner. And that's uh, right. You know, we're kind of hitting that lull period in the sports calendar. Uh, MLB's season is chugging along ahead. It's pretty fun for me as a Braves fan. Um, but, you know, outside of that, not a whole lot happening. Um, NHL has their draft tonight. Connor Bedard, who we kind of knew was going first, went first overall, so no shocker there. But, um, you know, I won't even pretend like I know hockey prospects. I'm not watching, uh, you know, Canada and Russia and, you know, any college hockey games, respectfully. But I'm not. But <clears throat> got all that happening in the hockey world. Uh, the football world, Devontae Parker signed an extension with the Patriots, a three-year, $33 million deal. A uh, pretty good deal, I think, for both sides. I think Parker is a good player, um, probably about that. I think it is honestly a little bit pricey for him just because of how his injury history is, I think. And, you know, can he – is he really a guy that you want to be paying that much money to to be, you know, a tier three receiver? I don't know. But I like the player. I like the – you know, the production he's had so far with New England, so it uh, doesn't get a big, you know, mark down on my books, but that happened. Um, the Bulls re-signed Nikolai Vucevic as a center, a uh, three-year, $60 million deal. Uh, pretty pretty hefty price tag for my liking of, like, what you get from Nikolai Vucevic, just because he's a big man who doesn't really you know, play defense very well, like rim protection or anything. Um, he's a good rebounder, good post player. He can shoot. Like, I think there are worse options, you know, in the league. Um, but, I mean, for that price tag, I think there are better value options in the league. So, an interesting deal that I I was curious to see where he would go. Honestly, he's one of the bigger names on the free agent market, just just based off of how bad this free agent market is, honestly. But, you know, him sticking around in Chicago, I don't hate it. It's just feels like a weird allocation of resources they have right now with him, DeRozan, Levine, and Lonzo Ball all making a ton of money. And two out of the four there are uh, players that have not, I think, produced at nearly their level. Lonzo Ball because he's hurt, and Fujovic just because I think he's his style of play is kind of getting... I don't know, washed away in the league. I don't know. It's tough to say, but still a productive player. But regardless, that's all I can really think of like from the outside sporting world. Uh, I, LSU did end up winning that game is in a blowout. Um, you know, we were doing a live live show here, so live the game was going on, and uh, yeah, no, they blew them out, eighteen to four. So LSU captures another national championship in baseball this time. Uh, if you don't, re- if you remember, the return of Coach's Corner was during the women's basketball championship, so that's kind of interesting. You know, tie back to the beginning of this show or beginning of the second season of the show, I should say. But very cool, very cool to see um, you know a team like LSU win. I'm taking it as a Georgia national championship. I've told everyone this because Georgia's baseball is hiring LSU's pitching coach, so for that reason, uh, you know. I, He's bringing championship pedigree with him to Athens. So, you know, naturally, he's a winner already. And Georgia needs to do some winning in baseball. I got, I actually got a Georgia baseball jersey today. 
and it's it is a just a gorgeous cream color jersey and yeah so with all that being said we'll get into major league baseball now that's right we're going to kick it over to the MLB standings here on ESPN uh, we'll we'll take a bigger look I think at like what the playoff like positioning looks like here in a second uh, but for now let's go through the American League we have Tampa Bay Rays still sitting at first place pretty comfortably um you know, no, they haven't really fell off necessarily, but, you know, they're just still, like, keeping steady. I think, you know, they're not, like, on this run like the Braves are that they're scorching everyone, like, especially how they were in the beginning of the season for their standards. Uh, I think part of that's injuries have caught up with them. It feels like their pitching has had a lot of unfortunate, you know, breaks here over the past, like, month or two. Um, but they're still chugging along, 34 and 10 at home. Obviously, a big run differential. So, you know, pretty good stuff from them. The entire division, if you look at it, it's funny here. I, it's kind of how I base things when I talk about these. Is like how they're doing recently. All around, all these teams in the um, AL East around four and six or five and five in their last 10 games, and they've all you know lost either one game in a row or or the Red Sox have lost three in a row. But all positive run differentials. So. You know, good teams, um, 500 here is the worst team in the Red Sox. You know, compared to these other divisions, definitely not bad. It's definitely a competitive division, and the Rays are on top of it because of how how good they are. Just as overall as a team, from or I think from finding value guys, finding, you know, guys that fit what they want to do, uh, their manage, managing is so good. Like, good stuff from them, it's just... Can they keep this up and be the one seed? We'll see how that fares. But <clears throat> the big surprise, I think, um, you know, in this division isn't like the Yankees struggling. I, I think that there were flaws in the Yankees and the Red Sox struggling. Uh, it's the Baltimore Baltimore Orioles who have largely been a laughing stock in this division for years and years. I mean... Coming back to be 48-30 and 30 right now, we'll talk about a couple other players I think that are up for all-star bids in the AL side of things. Um, but the Baltimore Orioles being um, 18 games over 500, I think is tremendous for them. Uh, tremendous growth for their franchise because obviously they've been stockpiling guys like Adley Rushman is obviously a great player. Gunnar Henderson. Uh, and they have another guy in the farm system. I'm trying to remember if it's, I think it's Holiday. Either way, they have like another top pick that's you know making his way through the system now, and you're seeing those guys kind of put it all together. Any year, Cano, I believe, is the closer they have. Terrific closer. I have him on my fantasy baseball team. He's a killer. So, uh, and you see that they're not like they're not even like the Rays where, you know, they're doing it you know only at home because if you look at the Rays' away record, they're 20 and 18 compared to 34 and 10 at home. No, the Orioles are 25 and 15 at home, 23 and 15 on the road. So they're doing it both ways. They're doing um, great stuff. Their pitching, I think, is still a little bit spotty in spots. I mean, they're starting guys like, you know, it's still a little bit concerning, I think. But you know, I I don't know. I, I I'm curious to see if they do hold up here. Um, I think the trade deadline will be interesting for them because Orioles have been. I don't want to say famously a team that's sold, but they've been a team that hasn't 
been in this position in a while. So, you know, will they be sellers? Will they be buyers? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, then, yeah, I mentioned the Yankees. Aaron Judge has been out, and the rest of that lineup is fairly mediocre. So they're winning, but not at a clip they probably want to be. Uh, and then the Blue Jays, I think, are similar where, like, they're winning, but, you know, in a division like this, you need to be winning more than you are. And Alex Manoa, oh, God, God bless him. <laughs> Alex Manoa played, or Alex Manoa was a pitcher, was an all-star last year, did all the things that he had to do, was pretty good pitcher coming into this year, and he's been sent down to rookie ball. And in rookie ball, he's playing against high schoolers. And he allowed 11 runs. So uh, that just shows you how wacky um, sports are, especially baseball, how hard it is to maintain being as good as you can be. So, uh, But with that being said, we'll move on to the Central. We have Twins as the top team here. We'll probably talk about the Twins when we get to the Braves more, but... They're up here, and they're two games under 500. And we'll get to the Central Division in the NL. These Central Divisions are god-awful. And it's a testament to how bad they are that a team is two games under 500. And, you know, the first-place team is, you know, just not over 500, and the Red Sox are 500. So it's it's... It's really astonishing when you look at it like that. But, you know, uh, there's just nothing special about this division because you have the Twins who have a couple players and, you know, a couple of name, namely players. Joe Ryan's having a fantastic season pitching. He just got murdered by the Braves. Uh, Byron Buxton, when he's healthy, is good. Like, Joey Gallo, I think, has had a mini resurgence there. I, like... You have that team in first place. Then you have the Guardians, who are like, uh, you know, uh, the Guardians are kind of America's like, oh, they play small ball. Look at them. Look at them to go. Like, it's not a sustainable way of winning, I don't think. Then you have the Tigers, who, you know, are better than what they've been, I believe. Like, still 10 games under 500, but, you know, better than the White Sox, better than the Royals. And, I, I mean,. You know, it's like, sure, but even then, they're still bad. Like, they're still objectively a bad team. And then the White Sox are a mess that had big expectations, and they're not meeting them. Are they going to sell? I think they're the number one candidate to sell. Um, if you had to pick out, you know, any team that, like, is on the verge, like, because, you know, Kansas City, Oakland, like, sure, they might sell. Like, Washington, um... But they didn't have expectations like the White Sox did, who hypothetically want to win now. And they're only five and a half out of the lead for the division. And so they're 13 games under 500, and they're five and a half back of the division. So, like, you have teams like the White Sox there that are just hardly competing, doing anything. Like, that looks competitive compared to everyone else that is good in the league. So, like... And then the Royals, who are god-awful. So the Central Division is a, just a mess. It's just a cluster of teams that just are so unserious that, like, I, it feels I feel awful for any AL East fan who isn't going to see their team in the playoffs because an AL Central team is in there. Now, I don't, I don't know if I want to be the guy that's like, let's eliminate divisions. But even then, I, 
I, you got to take a look at it. Like, come on, man. What are we doing here? Uh, then we go to the AL uh, West, and we have a similar situation to the Orioles with the Rangers. The Rangers are, you know, six games up on the Astros, and the Astros are defending World Series champions. Uh, the Rangers have been just terrific. Their offense has been really the big factor here. Corey Seager, great. Uh, Nathan Avaldi's being, like, the best pitcher in the AL. That's pretty cool. So he's doing things for the Rangers. Uh, to make them competitive. The Angels are finally like over 500. They're competing for a wild card spot. Shohei Otani is your AL MVP. There's no doubt about it. Two home runs yesterday's in yesterday's game, 10 strikeouts in that same game. We're not there's no other player I think in all of sports that's doing anything as impressive as Shohei Otani is doing. I, I think that is safe to say he's the best player pound for pound in his respective sport. Not even close with anyone. I I feel very fortunate that I do get to be the guy that, like, in 50 years, uh, and they're, like, listing out ridiculous statistics that players had. And, you know, Shohei Tani is going to have, like, the big ones of, like, any of those. And I'm going to be like, yeah, I watched that guy play baseball. I had his jersey because Shohei Otani is a delight and a treat to watch. It's incredible night in, night out. And it's even more incredible that he's on the same team as you know, a player that many people consider the best of his generation, and he's overshadowing him so much. And it's not to say that Mike Trout is a bad player or anything now. He's still an all-star, great MVP-type player. But he's not doing what Shohei Otani's doing. He's not drawing the eyes. It's like n- nightly you have to watch Shohei Otani do his things. <laughs> like he's unbelievable. Um, but third game up on the Astros, so that's pretty cool to see. Uh, I have to imagine there'll be buyers because they want to show um, Shohei that they want to compete. Like they don't want him to leave in free agency or anything. So have to imagine there'll be buyers at the deadline. Houston, I think, is similar where it's like their pedigree is like so high that they're normal. They've been buyers every year since they've been competitive. So you have to think they'll probably try and make some moves to make that next push. Uh, and the Mariners, Mariners are a disappointing team. That's just straight up. They are. It's tough because they had such a good year last year. Unfortunately, lost to the Astros. But you know, it's uh, teams come down. Teams come back from years like that. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And so. This year just doesn't seem like it's quite working. That though, you know, they still have time to get there, but it's not looking great. Then we move to the NL, and in the NL we have the Atlanta Braves, who winning today puts them at the highest win percentage in the league, best record, because they've been so damn good. Their first inning offense is the first in every category Ronald Acuna is the NL MVP the same way I'll say Shohei is the AL already I'll make the declaration that Ronald Acuna is your NL MVP he's sitting like 330 right now he has 19 home runs and like 40 38 stolen bases like he's he's doing things that a player like coming off an ACL he had an ACL like injury like Last year he was recovering from the ACL and never truly got, I think, to 100%, like to his full potential. And I think it it wore on him, like mentally and physically, throughout the year. He comes back this year, 
is tearing the like cover off the ball, hitting moon shots, running the bases like crazy. I think it's safe to say he's all the way back, and it's so awesome to see. It really is, and I, I love every second of it. And the crazy part about what this Atlanta team is doing is they don't have the pitching. Max Fried, the Cy Young runner-up last year, um, injured. He's injured and trying to come back. Hasn't played but like three games, maybe four games. Kyle Wright played one game, one start he had before he went down with an oblique strain. So two guys right there. Charlie Morton has not had his best stuff you know, remotely close to it, I think, consistently this year. But you have Bryce Elder coming up, another young pitcher doing his job well. And you have Spencer Strider, who I don't even think is having that great of a year by his standards, but he's doing enough where he's on down the game enough for Atlanta to build leads, and they're winning games when he's pitching. And so they keep this up. I It's going to be hard to imagine their, you know, be there will be competitive teams against them. It really, really are just blowing it out of the water. Um, but even then, the Marlins, Marlins, is second place here, seven games back. Uh, you know they have Luis Arias at second base, who's batting 400. Obviously, he's a big story. Everyone's been following him. Uh, baseball fans have been following. I won't say everyone, but you know, been keeping track of that. We'll see if that holds. If he can keep around that. Um, batting average would be the highest I think in the past 20 years 25 years so that'd be cool uh, the Phillies who have been relatively good recently still 11 games back in the division that's just how good the Braves have been uh, but they're playing better baseball Bryce Harper's coming back to form the New York Mets are the biggest disappointment in all of baseball after riddling off or rattling off 100 plus wins they fall back down to earth or under 500 look to be maybe sellers at the deadline but even then they're spending so much money you're it's like buying a used car and you have to turn around and sell it like that's what steve cohen is doing right now with this mets team he bought twenty thousand dollars worth of this car bought it drove off the lot and now it's you know clunking down this road and he goes back and it's like 5000 Like, what can you really sell on this team? So, tough for them. Nationals, designed to be bad. And then we get to the Central Division. I mentioned them. They're, they're better than the AL Central. I'll give them that. But it's still not great by any you know stretch of the imagination. The Reds have been a, a great story with Ellie De La Cruz filling up the ballpark again for the Reds. Joey Votto come back and raking. Uh, their pitching is just bad. It's really bad. They're having an awesome offense, super fun team, but the pitching is leaves a lot to be desired. The Brewers are, I don't know if they're the opposite. I honestly have not heard anything about what the Brewers have been doing this year, but they're three games over 500. They're just a win back on the Reds. So, you know, a fine team. Always feels like they have good pitching, so... Uh, the Cubs, who have been really good lately, they've been really hot lately, so they're kind of trying to turn it around. Three games under 500. We'll see if I mean the AL or the NL Central feels like the most toss-up division between the Pirates and the Reds. Pirates have kind of fallen back down to earth. I talked about them. You know, are they going to keep it up? And they just didn't. So they're getting some injury woes, I think, right now as well. So they're kind of double screwed here like key brian hayes is on the 10 day here as you see in the headlines uh brian reynolds i know is on the 10 day because he's on my fantasy team so 
they're kind of sinking fit like quickly and you know the Cardinals are just terrible they're just bad and <laughs> they're not the Cardinals that we normally expect but yeah I think the Cubs Brewers and Reds should have an interesting back half of this year we'll see these three are teams where it's like what are they going to do with the trade deadline because they feel like wild cards like the Brewers felt like going into this year like they could win this division but they could also just tear the whole thing down and sell off like all the really good pitchers try and build up their system again but they've they're hovering around 500 in the playoffs like I don't know uh the Reds felt like they were I mean the Reds are were kind of actually already intentionally trying to not win games or to not spend money and not spending money normally equals not winning and so they're kind of like jump-starting this development thing like the ahead of schedule here and then the Cubs are I don't know what the Cubs are so sure uh, but then we move to the NL West finish out here uh, and I think another one of the bigger surprises in baseball is the Arizona Diamondbacks they're 16 games over 500 they're leading the NL West over the Dodgers and the Giants uh, the Giants have been a scorching hot team lately as well, but the Diamondbacks are just winning games when they need to. And Corbin Carroll is another declaration. Corbin Carroll is your NL Rookie of the Year, without a doubt. Uh, he's an MVP candidate. Sadly, Ronald Acuna is just so much better right now. But Carroll's been really good in leading this Diamondbacks team to this record. They have some good pitchers. Zach Galen comes to mind. Um yeah, so, the, and they're another team where, I, you know, you look at the home and away record, because I do think that tells a decent amount in baseball, 24-18, and 24-14 on the road. Like, they're doing their job in both capacities, and I think that's a testament to how they are as a team, and I, I like them. Then you have the San Francisco Giants, who, like I said, are scorching hot. They had 10 in a row before they lost that. Um... They're 11 games over 500. They feel pretty good this year. You know, they're kind of just doing their thing. Um, some magical moments. Mike Yastrzemski hitting a walk-off home run. Uh, that was pretty cool the other, like, week ago. Uh, then the Dodgers, who I won't even say they're underperforming. I think these other teams are just performing so high that, like, normally this is a this would normally be a winning record in this division. But because of how well the Diamondbacks and Giants are played, are playing and above the Dodgers in the standings. I think there's a little bit more of a um, microscope on them. But I mean, going into this year, I don't think people. I don't. I didn't expect the Dodgers to be like a runaway hundred team guaranteed team. Like they, frankly, if you look at them, you know, Walker Buehler is down. Uh, a couple of their other starters, just you know, Tyler Anderson, or I believe left them. He was their win leader last year in like twenty plus wins and. Their bullpen isn't super crazy. Uh, they have a little bit of weird lineup construction, or like position-wise, they're kind of weird because Mookie Betts is now playing shortstop or second base, one of the two. Either way, the Dodgers are kind of weirdly constructed, and although Freddie Freeman's having a great year, it's like the rest of these pieces don't fit awesomely. And J.D. Martinez is also having a great year. So they have like their pieces that are doing good and they're winning games still. It's just... They're not the dominant Dodgers, I think, that we normally expect. And then the Padres, I think, are safe to say they're one of the bigger disappointments in baseball, along with the Mets. Like, just five games under 500 with the lineup like they have. I know they're pitching, like, it was kind of known that their pitching was mediocre, but 
I, like some like their back end starters and their bullpen are not great. Like that was known, but even then, it's just you gotta be a little bit better than this. And so yeah, and then the Rockies bad. So that's your league recap. We did a decent number there. We might have to save the MLB hat tier, like we the the hat here we might have to save it or run through it quick because we're running a little bit long here but uh, I wanted to talk about the all-star game uh, real quick the they're doing the second phase of voting to see you know, who's going to be um, into the all-star game and we already have the top two guys who I listed as the MVP Shohei and Ronald both already locked into the all-star game because they had the most votes for each side uh, but then when you look to the American League catchers, Adley Rushman and Jonah Heim. Uh, Rushman, I mentioned with the Orioles having a great season. Uh, obviously, he was a big-time guy coming up, and he's putting it together. So Jonah Heim is on the Rangers and having a good year as well. So uh, First base, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., a big name there, and Andy Diaz for the Rays. So Andy's probably just, you know, he's doing his job he's 316 12 homers on the Rays there and yeah you know just a Rays player doing Rays player things second base you have Marcus Simeon and Wilt Whit Merrifield from the Rangers and the Blue Jays respectfully uh, Josh Junk for the <clears throat> Rangers and Matt Chapman for the Blue Jays uh, I've never heard of Josh Jung but he's a rookie so that would make sense uh, but the rookie looks like he's having a great year, so that's pretty cool for him. I know Matt Chapman was having a great start to his year, um, so cool to see him there. And Bo Bichette and, for the Blue Jays and Corey Zeger for the Rangers that I mentioned. So if you can't tell, I guess the Blue Jays fans really show out in voting here. Uh, then you get to the outfield, Aaron Judge, obviously, big name, Mike Trout. Andy Rosarena for the Rays, Jordan Alvarez on the Astros, Kevin Kiermeyer on the Blue Jays, and Adolis Garcia for the Rangers. So, your healthy mix of Blue Jays, Rangers, and Rays, I think, is safe to say for this AL side of the picture. Uh, we'll see how it turns out. I think all these guys feel pretty deserving. Like, I can't, no one really stands out as like a, this feels weird, except some of the Blue Jays guys, which I guess, you know, feels a little odd, but if they're being voted in, how can you complain? So, <laughs> I mean, I can't talk as a, or as a Braves fan here, because we'll get to that here, but going into the National League, the catchers, we have Sean Murphy, we have Will Smith for the Dodgers. Uh, Murphy, I think, is the all-star, like, no-doubter here. He's just had a great year. Um, but both guys, good players. Uh, first base, Freddie Freeman for the Dodgers, Matt Olson for the Braves. Uh, Olson is up there in the, like, top two for most home runs in the league, and Freddie Freeman's having a great year as well. Then Luis Arias, I mentioned him earlier, batting 400 potentially. Um, then Ozzie Albies for the Braves. <laughs> and we go to third base. And Nolan Arenado for the Cardinals, just because he's like, you know, he's the guy who is always there at the All-Star game no matter what. Uh, but he's, he kind of like brought it, he had a, like a really good hot streak, I think, to, in May. So, you know, he's kind of turned it around. And then Austin Riley for the Braves, who honestly is not super deserving, but he's doing enough. 
And shortstop is honestly kind of hilarious. It's Orlando Arcia for the Braves. So, once again, another Brave. Francisco Lindor for the Mets. I guess there aren't a lot of great shortstops in the NL because although I love Orlando Arcia, he's having a really good year. Um, I don't I don't know if he stands out as a just as a name for the All-Star game, but I mean if you look at some of the other guys around the league, I guess you can make the argument for him and yeah. So Orlando Arcia there. Uh, then the DH, JD Martinez, who I mentioned for the Dodgers, and Bryce Harper for the Phillies. Then the outfield, Mookie Betts on the Dodgers, Corbin Carroll for the D-backs, and uh, Lourdes Grail Jr. for the D-backs, and Michael Harris the second from the Braves. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how it turns out. I'm really uh, super excited to see how some of these Braves players do. I think I, I you can kind of tell some of the way the voting splits have t- come out, like who's probably going to be selected realistically. Um, but, you know, I mean... Should be good to see some Braves in the All-Star game. Okay. Man, okay. Um, The tier is looking me in the eyes. And I'm going to be honest, I think we're going to save the tier. Um, I know the thumbnail says it, but I think that we'll be in this position next week where we'll be like, you know what, I wish we had a tier. And we'll do the tier then. And... <laughs> You know, I think next week's show, we'll see if it's, you know, YouTube broadcast or just normal, normal Lucas on the podcast. But either way, we're going to save the hat tier just, you know, because it's a summer. It's a long summer. We have a lot of things to talk about that we can really get into. And we've talked a lot of baseball today. It's fun to, like, talk about baseball, kind of get into this groove here. And when your team's winning like mine is in the Braves, it's really fun to talk. So... Yeah, well, I think that's going to do it for me this time around. Um, I'm your host, Luke's Coach of R. As always, make sure to like, share, subscribe. Check out LK Sports Talk for the NFC South division being talked about this Friday. Um, yeah, make sure you check out some videos in the past. I saw the views were kind of getting up on those. That's pretty cool to see. I appreciate it very much. And until next time.